Hello and welcome to the Wabi Sabi series podcast, unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, a corporate exec turned author who has recently written a series of books about topics we don't often talk about. Things like death, grief, not having kids, and the unexplained power doctors often wield over us. Apparently, some of my books have made some people feel a little uncomfortable, but I felt that I wanted to have far more conversations around weird, wonderful, and sometimes taboo topics. So I reached out to some interesting people and asked them just one question. If there is one topic that you'd love society to talk more about, what would it be and why? And what they've shared with me has been amazing. So let's dive in and see where the conversation takes us. It's okay to be sad. You know, you can be sad that we don't have the life that we did two years ago. It's okay to be sad that you don't have the life that you had even yesterday. But look at a future. I'm talking today to a woman known as the Queen of Resilience. Justine Martin has a story that is actually really hard to believe and she's used the adversity that has happened to her now to help support others. Ten years ago, Justine was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. If that wasn't enough, she then underwent three heart surgeries and followed that up with three primary cancers. All that happening to one person, much of it at the same time, is just so bloody hard to comprehend but she's never let it hold her back. Justine was told that she would never work again, but that just was never an option for her. Justine catapulted herself into the world of business. She not only changed her life to give it purpose and direction, but she also inspired those around her with her story. To be resilient means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, a toughness, as it were. This definition has been the cornerstone of Justine's extraordinary journey over the last decade, a journey that no one could possibly fathom, but what Justine believes is a journey that has changed her for the better. After learning how to paint and using her art as therapy, she's become a multi-award winning artist and found the strength and determination to take control of her financial future. She is also a resilience consultant and speaker and the owner and founder of The Resilience Mindset, where she draws on her years of experience and knowledge, consulting with clients to develop and sustain a positive mindset. Justine has just won five awards at the Oz Mumpreneur Awards, including Gold for Coach of the Year. Amazing. I was introduced to Justine through a friend of hers who felt we'd have a lot to talk about. It's so wonderful to have you here today, Justine. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Michelle. It's great to be here. So if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Overcoming adversity and and gaining resilience, definitely. And, you know, how to bounce back quicker. If we all shared our tips on this, it would make life a lot easier. Yeah, amazing. You've had such a phenomenal story and we'll touch on that a little bit. I'm going to put your sort of background story in the notes and everything because it's so epic and phenomenal what you've gone through in your life. So why do you feel, I mean, you're you're quite a unique person given everything you've gone through and your attitude, it's just amazing. But why do you feel it's so important for people to be, you know, more resilient? Because it keeps you moving forward and not stuck in a place where you don't want to be by being resilient instead of 
having depression and you're stuck there for a long period of time when you're taught resilience when you learn resilience you can bounce back a lot faster so you're known as the queen of resilience that you help people to overcome adversity and you teach them skills and techniques to to be able to work through that is that right Yes, that's correct. I, I've gained that name well, probably in about the last 12 months, actually. Um, when people hear my story, they can't believe I've been through so much. And, and everyone was always asking, oh, you know, how do you bounce back so fast? And, you know, what's your secret? And with everything that I've been through. So, yeah, it was just seemed the next progression was to help as many people as I possibly could in their own lives. Yeah, amazing. And not only have you gone through, what, three cancers and heart operations, um, you live with MS every day. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's it's been a, a hell of a 10 years, I can tell you. So, But I'm still here and I'm still getting up every day and I'm still making my bed every day and um, I'm showing up. So that would be the resilience. Are they the key things? Like, as you say, just getting up, making your bed every day is because is, I've heard when people talk about that, it's like the simple things just start with getting out of bed. You know, if you're feeling pretty shitty, you know, one thing's get up, up and out of bed, get dressed, make your bed. What other kind of key things have you found that to, to help people that are in, you know, serious bouts, whether it's depression or, I mean, we're all in a pretty shitty situation at the moment and we're all still in lockdown and it's, you know, we're all getting really tedious, isn't it? We're getting pretty tired of it. So what kind of tips would you suggest for people to try just to begin with? Routine's very, very important. Keeping in a routine as best you can, even at the moment in, in lockdown, you know, get up the same time every day, make your bed, have a shower, have your breakfast, do some exercise, fuel your mind, you know, control what you're putting into your mind. If the news is upsetting you, turn it off, don't watch it. No one says that you have to watch the news every day. Control what's coming in on your social media. If you've got posts that, you know, you're reading on your timeline and and they're really disturbing you, unfollow that person. You don't need to unfriend them, but unfollow them for a a certain period of time. Feel your body. The only thing that we can really control at the moment is what we're putting in our minds and what we're putting into our body. So eat properly, reduce the amount of, and I like to say it's man-made food and or secondary food and increase the primary foods. So, you know, your fresh fruit and veggies and your meats and, uh, and products like that. So when you are in control of things, you will actually feel like you are then gaining resilience. Things will start to fall into place when you feel that you're more in control of, of yourself. Yeah, beautiful. And they seem such obvious, you know, simple things, don't they? But I think when you are in a state of despair, like you kind of need just that basic checklist because you you like the world is overwhelming and you don't know what to do. So just start small and start with those kind of key things. I think they're beautiful kind of reminders for us all, especially at the moment. It's wonderful. And that's where people then contract me in to hold them accountable to things as well. So, you know, when I start off with a client, you know, they'll contact me weekly and we'll have weekly check-ins and and then, you know, I'll wean them off to fortnightly and then three weeks and, you know, depending on their circumstances and that. But they have that some person there that they're accountable to and it's not their family and it's not their friends. It's, you know, a stranger, so to speak. But 
And then, you know, I'll set them their tasks to do the next week. But it's not like I set everything in the first week because that becomes very overwhelming as well. So, you know, it's, it's about pulling it all back and, and making sure that there's a really good foundation there as well. Is your foundation solid in your life and, and then building up from that? Because if you have a really good solid foundation in that you ground yourself and that you are fueling your body and you're fueling your mind and that you are in your routines and that you've got a hobby, well, then it does make it a lot easier to bounce back from adversity. If you have a topic burning inside you that you'd love to talk more about and have a conversation with me, I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a line at hello at wabisabiseries.com. Let's head back to the chat. So I want to dig in a bit to, if you think back, you know, let's just say in the last 10 years, like what you've been through. So you had, can you just give a short view of the time frame? I think you, you were diagnosed with MS first and then you got your first cancer. Is that, can you remind me of your timeline? Yep. So the timeline is 2011, March, 2011, I was diagnosed with MS and then uh, 2013, 14 and 15, I had three separate heart surgeries. And then 2016, I was diagnosed with Levidio reticularis, which is a skin condition where you, a rash where you go purple. And then I was diagnosed with melanoma in the September 2016, mixed cryoglobulinemia in December 2016 and chronic lymphocystic leukemia and small lymphocystic lymphoma all in January 2017 and then I think it was about May 2018 I was diagnosed with lipedema so I think that oh and I've had pericarditis as well thrown in there back in about 2015 so so that's about it for the last I had a broken arm and a broken rib and a broken big toe and a broken tailbone in the last two years so it all adds up (laughs) You've had a phenomenal decade, Justine. Like, but the thing is, and what people can't see is that you're sitting here and you're bright and you're sparkly and you smile. And it actually oh, it makes me emotional just how much you've gone through and yet you are here and you every day you help others and you don't dwell in your own sorrow and you don't sit there and go, oh, woe is me and how shit's my life. And I'm sure, like as I had in the dark times, you've had moments of that but one of the things I think my cancer journey taught me is that, you know, we we truly live life that like we know how short life is. You know, people flippantly say that and we're like, well, if we actually really live that, you know, it actually makes you really appreciate every day. And I actually have no tolerance for people that are have like nothing basically wrong with them and they're like, you know, the sky's falling and all the drama. So I want you to tell me about how you feel about how do you deal with people that are, um, you know, bitching and moaning about, to say, a sore toe compared to all those phenomenal, horrendous things that you've been through and yet you're so gracious about helping others. Well, besides rolling my eyes first, I try not to do that with family and friends if, if they're if they're carrying on like a chook Uh, but like in all seriousness you know I've got friends and you know they'll have a bad day or they're having a bad time and you know there's something I don't want to say minor in comparison okay but I will and they'll say oh you know you've been through far worse and I'm like yeah but it's okay you know what you're going through is obviously affecting you let's talk about it but see there that just shows how gracious you are 
And it's like, okay, you know, my friends all call me the mother tree. Everyone comes to me for the advice and, you know, something goes wrong in their life, they'll come to me because I've been through so much. But, you know, outside in society and that, it's like, okay, you know, I can instantly see what they're going through and, you know, I'll either offer to help hand in my business card and, um, or, you know, have a quick chat to them. And, you know, if I can put a smile on someone else's face, then, you know, it's worth it. So, you know, people will see me and, yeah, I do have some bad days, don't get me wrong. And my tight inner circle will see those bad days and they know what I go through. And even yourself this morning, Michelle, you know, you, you realise that I wasn't in such, you know, my bright, chirpy mood. I've had a really bad week. and But I know that, you know, after bad weeks or bad days that there are good days. And and that's what you need to focus on when you're having a bad time is that it won't be bad forever. It's just a moment of time that it is. And you are right that, you know, time is the most precious commodity that we have. You know, you can live on oxygen out of a cylinder, but you can't buy, borrow, beg, steal time and, you know, you need to choose wisely who you spend it with and what you spend it on. Oh, so true. So many beautiful words there that just hit straight to the heart. And I hope those that are listening really, really listen and rewind and replay that because there's such valuable things that we all need to be reminded of every day, Justine. You know, talking about resilience and, I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, you see these days with people with children and small kids in schools and stuff. Do you feel that we're teaching our kids resilience enough at a young age or do you feel like we're trying to protect them too much these days? I think we're trying to protect them way too much. I mean, society's changed since we were children and and what we were through. In, you know, some areas, like, we protect them too much and in other areas we don't protect them enough. Uh, is my opinion you know movies that kids watch nowadays we were never allowed to watch stuff like that as children and you know the violence and everything that we see on the news why can't the news be happy why does it have to always report everything that's bad why can't it report to 50 50 put some good stories in there and you know control your environment i like that idea it's a great idea yeah yeah I, i don't understand why it all has to be all the violence, you know, it is what you see. And that's why you've got to control your environment and what your children are seeing and and what they know. And and they'll learn, like resilience is a learnt thing. And if they see that their parents are bouncing back, I mean, my mum was a very resilient woman as well. And she had breast cancer at 27, diagnosed at MS at 33, cervical cancer at 40 and lung cancer at 49 and passed away at 49 from complications from MS. So I saw the resilience in her and and I learnt from her and my children have learnt from me. So, and we learn from society as well. So, you know, we need to be more vocal on how to overcome adversity. I mean, grief is a big adversity that we face and we don't talk about grief and grief doesn't have to be we don't, grief doesn't have to be about someone just dying. You know, you grieve your life when you're diagnosed with an illness. You know, I grieve my, my for, I call it my former life. You know, my world stopped and changed in March 2011. 
and the life that I knew and that I had no longer exists from that moment on. So we don't talk enough with our children about grief and how to handle grief. It's just something that we're expected to know how to do and we and we don't know how to do it. It should be a life school skill that's taught at school. You know, life skills like this need to be taught at school, not just to learn how to add up and spell, but, you know, really And trigonometry life- shit that we never use. <laughs> You know, I can't it's count so anymore. That's one of my that's one of my symptoms with MS. And I can remember in high school my teacher saying, "You're not going to have a calculator every day." Well, how wrong are they? Because yeah. now we do. We walk around <laughs> with our calculator and our phone. Thank goodness. And thank goodness for plastic money because I just tap and go where I go because I can't tell if everyone's giving me the right change or anything. So even if I'm at the pub, you know, with my friends on a Saturday night, it's like I have to use my card because I definitely can't work out if, you know, they've given me the right amount of money. And so, you know, you learn to adapt to things as well and, and, you know, that's overcoming the adversity and, and then gaining resilience. So it's, you know, having, you know, a plan in place. Uh, for it so um, yeah there's there's lots of funny stories like that but that's see but that just shows that you're again that that element of resilience for you that you you are quite flippant about the stuff you've gone through and obviously we've had lot other conversations about this sort of stuff in depth so you just kind of rattling off I had this I've had that and even your mum and it's just like oh it's like so traumatic and the things that your family has gone through like yeah they're monumental monumental things and you are, um, you know, the way that you, it's almost like reframe it, isn't it? Like you, you think, okay, I could be sad and shitty and feel bad about the fact I can't count anymore. And it's pretty frustrating because in society, you've got to be able to count and do things, but this is the way I'm going to get around it. And, you know, you just describe those examples, which is beautiful. And it's having the systems in place as well. I mean, I, make sure that my phone is hooked up to my, like syncs with the laptop and it syncs with the iPad and, and everything like that. So, and then I have a trusted system where it's all paper backed as well. Cause I have lost it all off the computer and I don't have the memory uh, to actually remember when things are. So you know, I have a double system of, of backing up and, and then, you know, I can't tell a normal clock time very well anymore and better than what I was 10 years ago but it's okay we have digital now so and it's learning to let go and and not carry that anguish of the things that you know I can't do anymore and and that happens anyway with age everyone's like oh you know that happens with age and I'm like yeah it does but for some of us it's happened a lot earlier than the timeline says Uh, it's like okay well what systems can I put in place what can I do and you know I've sought external help and I think that's a key as well is you don't have to do everything by yourself there's something that you can't do ask for help and if that's from a professional, then ask for that help from the professional. In my case, it's, you know, occupational therapy and and physiotherapy and stuff like that in asking those particular people, okay, you know, what programs are there out there? What can I do? You know, what can I bring into my life to make my life that little bit easier and to cope? And then, and that's why people employ me as a resilience consultant is, you know, I'm that external help that I can then help someone else through my lived experiences. Yeah, so beautiful. I mean, so many great tips for people. So if there's one thing you'd like to leave our listeners with today, 
on, you know, if there's a little thing that they could bring into their lives, especially when, to your point, like everyone's going to be mourning and grieving the life we had before because if, you know, the last 18 months hasn't taught us anything is we're not going back to life as it was before. And the faster people realise that, I think the happier and the more that they can actually, like yourself, come up with a plan and, you know, different kind of, you know, switch out different elements to actually make them feel happy about the things that they've lost potentially. But what would be your final kind of things to leave people with today around resilience and bringing it more into your life and being probably a little bit more comfortable with resilience as well, right? What would I say? Employ me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I would say it's okay to, (laughs) it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be sad. You know, you can be sad that we don't have the life that we did two years ago. It's okay to be sad that you don't have the life that you had even yesterday. But look at a future. You know, life doesn't stop just because we get these adversities. You know, look, okay, well, what do you want to do in the future? How am I going to achieve that? Set some mini goals, some micro goals. You know, what's your long-term goal? Where do you want to be in 12 months? Where do you want to be in five years? And then adapting as well. So not everything goes to plan, but adapt to it and and don't dwell on, on the past. You know, life is meant to change constantly. As I, uh, as I tell my family and friends, it's like, hang on for the ride. So, you know, stick with me and hang on for the ride because um, look out, I've got a lot more living to do and, and a lot more sharing to do as well. Such a beautiful way to end the podcast and our conversation. Thank you so much for chatting today and sharing your story, Justine. It is incredibly inspirational, the work that you do, the difference that you make to people's lives that are in, you know, really tough times. Thank you so much. And just hopefully I'll get to meet you in person sometime soon as well when we get out of all this, huh? Yeah, that's right, Michelle. Thank you for having me today. And, you know, maybe one day when the border's back open, uh, we can meet face to face. So look out then. That would be fabulous. We'll uh, be dancing together in the pub, I reckon. And I'll shout you beer (laughs) so you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Justine. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, you'll find all the show notes and interesting links on our website, wabisabiseries.com. If you'd like to hear more unexpected conversations, please subscribe to the series, follow us on our socials, or grab one of my books. And if you're in a generous mood, I'd love you to share the episode, or maybe even rate, review, and comment on the series. It really does make a difference. Until next time, be sure to claim your own piece of wabi-sabi and walk proud in your perfect imperfection. Imperfection.